We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, Josh Allen could miss time. Is there cause for concern after a slow night offensively? And the bidding war for Odell Beckham about to ramp up. Special guests include Michael Massey at 10.30 and Nate Taylor at 1. Now two men who can't decide whether to vote for the greasy conservatives or the stinky liberals, Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Why start it that way? Please go vote today, by the way. Dude. Wait. That's more offensive than anything I said. I don't think so. Also, you're leaving out so many other political parties besides yeah, the main but two. I mentioned the two that matter. <laughs> wow, now who's getting political? No, I mean, like, they're... they're Ever libertarian no, who listens to the show just shaking their fists? No, I'm just saying that the <laughs> other ones, like, they're not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gold's just shaking his head because he knows... He's just praying our boss isn't listening to this exact moment. Well, he hasn't even said anything yet. He's fine. He's waiting for us to just stop. <laughs> How's everybody doing? All I said was vote. Well, dude, don't tell people what to do. (laughs) So condescending. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? (laughs) Like, you know what? I was at a gas station this morning on the way in, and the guy in front of me, he was just waiting in line in the gas station, and he had both hands down the back of his jeans inside his underwear oh. Half, oh, no. like not just sticking in all oh. the way the hands are all the way in the jeans what the hell should he vote <laughs> should that guy vote because i'm not so sure i uh, just hope you're not hope you're not using the same voting machine as him that's what i'm hoping that's my thought i hope i'm not at the same polling location I was like, My you know what? Goodness. I saw that. And I thought maybe that not guy says, "I'm going to use the electronic one." You're like, "I'll take a paper ballot, thanks." <laughs> I'm thinking that guy's not man voting. Man, hard to say. Coming up here in about 30 minutes, though, Michael Massey from the Royals going to join us. He's our NFL insider for the next couple weeks because Vinny Pasquantino uh, is in Italy. He still called into the show yesterday, but he set this thing up with Michael Massey. So looking forward to uh, talking with him. I hear he's fired up. I hear he's locked in. He's prepared. He is ready to go. He's ready to talk NFL with us? At 1030. Yes. Yes, he is. He is taking the NFL insider duties very, very seriously. So looking forward to that in just a little while. Uh, But let's get right back into the Chiefs and still the carryover from the win on Sunday and something that potentially is a bigger, I don't want to say problem, but certainly has been a trend 
that we have seen when the Chiefs haven't been at their best in some of these games. I think one of the consistent things people want to lean on, because really all we're looking for is when the offense doesn't succeed, why is it that it doesn't succeed? And I think that a lot of times what ends up getting leaned on, especially because you see Tyreek Hill on pace for 2,000 yards over in Miami is it's the weapons. They don't get open enough. They're not creating separation. That's where the issue lies. And I think it's, I don't think that's the problem. I do not think the weapons are the issue. I think it's very simply the offensive line. When they do not play well, the offense does not play well. Their three worst games are the three worst games on offense on the season for them. Like in this last game, they got 100 yards to Kelsey. They got nearly 100 to Juju. They found other guys. They completed passes to eight different receivers. I understand that there are days when guys are getting less open than others. But Kansas City went through some of these droughts offensively in other years, too. And there's been one consistent thing wrong with this team. And it hasn't always been weapons. It's been the offensive line. To me, that is the source of when their offense doesn't show up. Anytime in the Patrick Mahomes here. If I rank the five worst offensive performances, of which I think I would include the Tennessee game, of Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs career. It's all offensive line. It's the Bucks Super Bowl. It's this game. Maybe it's Indianapolis earlier this season. I mean, we have four years worth of data, and we know the like the the Green Bay Packers game uh, two years ago. Like there are so many games to lean on, and it always seems like it's circling back to that. Not do they have enough people to throw the ball to? I, I mean, I, I think it definitely has been a combination of the offensive line, but also other issues at the same time. I mean, you mentioned the Colts game. What also happened in that Colts game? Special teams issues. And you can say, well, that's yeah. not the sole reason, but I think it, it, it causes some issues when you're talking about momentum. If you believe in that, which I absolutely do. You talk about just from the, the, the mental side of the game when, you know, the chiefs were in a position to go up 10, nothing against Tennessee and said, it's nine, nothing, the missed extra point. And like from that moment on, they kind of could never get the, the the same vibe going offensively. I think it's a combination. Yes, most notably, it is the offensive line. But when you also look back at some of the games you just mentioned, there was also some special teams blunders, whether it's muff punts, whether it's missed field goals, missed extra points. So I think it's a combination. The, the Chiefs' losses, and fortunately they found a way to win this one against Tennessee, but when they lose, they do look very similar. I agree with you. I mean, it's it's either the offensive line is getting dominated at the line of scrimmage, or there's a bunch of special teams mistakes. That seems to be kind of the MO for the losses. Now, it's the O-line, but also the running game, which you can put on the O-line for sure. But a lot of these games, too, their best performances have been when they can dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball. And so as much as we'll pinpoint the O-line in a game in which they threw the ball 68 times against Tennessee... We, we had this discussion yesterday. It makes it so much easier if you're a defender, if you know that there is no threat to run the ball. So it's to me, it it's the O-line slash when they can't run the football. That's when they really have struggled the most offensively. By the way, quick uh, game update for the okay. Chiefs. They have officially had their first flexed game. No, it's not the Chiefs out and the Denver game would have been the one that we thought. Instead, okay. the November 20th game against the Los Angeles Chargers has been fluxed to Sunday night football. They're kicking out Bengals and Steelers. Good call. And instead, you'll get Chiefs Chargers on Sunday night football, November 20th. Okay, another primetime game for Kansas City. So I the week like of it. Thanksgiving. You're going to have a short week anyway. Stay up late on that Sunday night. Oh, I love it. Well, you're off <laughs> I'm, I'm Monday, off so, so you really don't care. Hey, you want to get tickets for that game. That's on the boss in LA. That game's in LA. By the oh. way, you uh, you just tweeted that out. 
you, you quote tweeted Tom Pelissero's tweet when Tom Pelissero said, flex alert, the, the Chiefs Chargers game has been flexed to Sunday Night Football. And then you quote tweeted it the by Chiefs saying, Chiefs flexed to Sunday Night? Chiefs yeah. flexed to That's Sunday Night. just how You didn't add Twitter anything, works. though. Eh. Like, you should have <laughs> added something if you're going to quote tweet it. Otherwise, just retweet Look, it. I love Sunday Night Football because, again, all day long, you can watch Red Zone Channel. That's my favorite thing. I would take, I know, I know it's a late night. Trust me, yesterday was a quick turnaround for everybody in Kansas City. Uh, it from did the Sunday feel night like game. a quick turnaround. But, Overall, I love Sunday Night Football. I think NBC puts together the best broadcast for the football games, and there's the enjoyment of, in, of sitting back on Sunday and watching all the other games. And it's a huge Plus, game. nobody I mean, wants to watch the Steelers on well, Sunday Night Football. That's, that's the biggest thing, honestly, right? Who I mean, could have seen this coming, by the way? Who could have seen coming that the, the Chiefs, Steelers wouldn't be? Or that the Chiefs-Chargers <laughs> was going to be a good game. Well, yeah, yeah. The, char- the, Chargers are, the Chargers are, despite their injuries and not looking great, they are still right behind the Chiefs in <laughs> the AFC West. When when Sunday Night Football flexes a game, I mean, I love that they call it flexing because that's literally what they're doing. They're like the bully in the playground stealing everybody else's lunch. Money. Oh, you thought, oh, you thought you were going to get Chiefs Chargers? Mine now. Here, <laughs> help, by the way, but here's. Here's Steelers Bengals though, which is the same as quit hitting yourself as you slap their <laughs> fist against well, themselves. Stop hitting yourself. You're like, I don't want this game. Get it off of my network. Because CBS and Fox, what well, they can pick one or two throughout yeah. the year where they can protect them to where they can't be flexed. Which is what and happened they, in Chiefs the, Bills. The Chiefs Bills game. This was not one of them. I don't know what. Do you know what network this was supposed to be on before? Was it a CBS? I'm guessing it was a CBS. I'm going to guess it was a CBS game. Uh, but, yeah. but now it's going to be Sunday Night Football. So no, I, I like it. That's six primetime games on schedule now. For Kansas City, as Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider, pointed out, though, that uh, new TV deals do allow you to have seven. So there's still a chance the Chiefs could have one more game flexed. I guess there's a chance they could also lose a game, though. The Chiefs do have the Broncos later on. It seems odd that they would take Mahomes out of primetime. Um, but if the Broncos don't start winning a few games, there's a chance, Cody, that they could flex that Chiefs-Broncos game out. So it might balance out. This is a really good point. I mean, there are like five remaining Sunday Night Football games you don't want. Week 11, Bengals-Steelers. That's the one they just got rid of. Colts-Cowboys. Anybody want that game? They might not want to take the Cowboys. Chiefs-Broncos right now with the way the Broncos are playing. Ugh. Patriots-Raiders. Just no interest there, right? That game is for sure getting flexed. I would think so. And then Bucks Cardinals and the way the Bucks are playing right now, maybe that still game Brady. holds. We have to remember though, like the Cowboys, it's still the damn Cowboys, so they love. And with to the have Chiefs, it's still Mahomes. Yeah. That's what it is against Denver, so maybe that game holds on. But we understand, like this one, nobody, nobody was Herbert, interested. Mahomes Sunday Night Football, man. Bengals are playing inconsistently, and the Steelers stink. So get rid of it. Back to the offensive line. As the text <laughs> line is correctly pointed out, some of it is not just about the passing game and protecting Mahomes and giving up the sacks. Some of this is the run game issues, too. That's, yeah. There yeah. was nowhere for those guys to go. There's nowhere for them to run. It seems like when they can't even pretend like that's part of it, then it goes there. I really don't think that the weapons are even issue, like, top two, three, when they have consistent offensive problems. Because how else can we explain? I mean, they've got a guy, they've got two guys on pace right now for 1,400 and 1,200 yards. And we all agree that weapons three through five are better than they've been the last couple of years. How could it be a lack of weapons? I know they don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I understand they don't have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I know that they're not one of those top five teams in the league with the top two weapons, but they're not that far off. Dane and Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, of course, part of the Chiefs radio network. He was on with Fesco and the guys uh, this morning, and, and he, they were talking about this. And this is what Dane had to say about this offensive line, and he says it does need to get better. Absolutely. I think... There are times, and and you guys hear me on the broadcast, there are times where when Patrick Mahomes vacates the pocket, it's not because of the blocking. It's It's not. I mean, it may look like that, but it's not because of the blocking. It's because Patrick Mahomes has an ability 
and a willingness to vacate the pocket because he wants to buy more time. It's not that there isn't time in the pocket. He just likes to, to be on the roll, likes to be on the move, and he showed his, his abilities in the run game as well as throwing on the run Sunday night. But having said that, there still needs to be more consistency with our offensive line in protecting our quarterback. I think when you look at the Buffalo Bills, uh, yeah, Josh Allen runs the ball. He moves around a lot, but there's a lot of times where he just is able to stand, stand tall in the pocket and be able to deliver the ball down the field without really getting hit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes takes too many shots. Uh, so I, I feel like there's, there's an onus, a responsibility on the offensive line to be better and be more consistent. But at the same time, it's not as bad as maybe people might think or so he went on from there talking about the, the Chiefs' offensive line. And some of it is just Mahomes is going to naturally want to roll out of the pocket, and so it makes it seem like maybe he's under pressure. Like for, for if you have a, if you have a quarterback that's a pocket passer and he's moving out of the pocket, you assume it's because the pressure the the, the protection's terrible. He's just saying sometimes Mahomes is moving out of the pocket because he wants to move out of the pocket, yeah. and that's making Andrew Wiley sometimes maybe look a little worse than what it actually is going on. Well, and I'm, I'm not, not saying defending that that's the not... line, but I think that is a fair point. Nick was saying that was happening quite a bit on the broadcast. Um, there was a lot of defense of what kind of game yeah. Andrew White was playing, but also you played for a whole year and now a year and a half with Patrick Mahomes. This is not new information. If Tom Brady did that to you, I could understand why you would blow your block. <laughs> yeah. I can understand why you would not expect him to maybe make that move. But if you're going to be an offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs for the foreseeable future, you are going to have to expect that that is part of what is going to be expected of you. You just have to. That's the only way to accept it. You heard Danon mention the Buffalo Bills and the way Josh Allen plays. Well, will Josh Allen be playing the next couple weeks? I mean, that's oh, something man. to track the rest of the week. Reports out of Buffalo and on the national level from Chris Mortensen that Josh Allen's being evaluated for an elbow injury to his ulnar collateral ligament. You hear that a lot in baseball, of course, Tommy John stuff. Uh, and related to nerves, per a source telling Chris Mortensen, Sean McDermott said the team hopes to have more information today. So that'll be the thing to follow with throughout the rest of the afternoon. And naturally, here in Kansas City, what this means is, well, if he's missing any bit of time, one, they have the Vikings on Sunday. That's not a gimme to begin with. Uh, and then if there's no Josh Allen for one game, whether it's two, three, four games, Huge implications for the number one seed in the AFC and for whether or not the Bills can hang on to the AFC East. I mean, they're, they're in a competitive division now, more so than anybody thought heading into the season. If Josh Allen has to miss a couple games, that means it's Case Keenum time. So there, there's major ramifications to a potential Josh Allen injury that could keep him out. If he misses any time, then I would consider the Chiefs the heavy favorite. Like if he has to miss four to six weeks, which is possible with this kind of injury, it's not saying he's going to miss that. We're going to find out hopefully more later today. But if it's four to six weeks, then their division is in question. Yep. You might be facing the Bills on the second round. The The Dolphins are playing well enough that, that that wouldn't even be a lock. And the Chiefs just beat the only other team who will threaten them for the number one seed right now, unless you're taking the Chargers seriously. And we just know that game got flexed into Sunday Night Football. But it's, it's more than that. Because if he misses the time, it's obvious, right? We can all say if Josh Allen misses the next six weeks, they're going to lose some games they wouldn't have lost. And as a result of that, the Chiefs are going to be in line for the number one seed because of this injury in the middle of the season. But the, the more important thing is, do you think that a quarterback's going to play their best? If he has, he just like, my elbow hurts, it's football, I'll play. If you, have a, if you have a sprain to your UCL, you think you're going to be as accurate? Because I asked you the question yesterday, why is it that Josh Allen 
looks kind of like, especially at the end of that last game, it looked like he was way off. I don't know if he's going to be able to play the same way if that issue is there. Well, my guess is just like the Chiefs kind of take a big picture approach to injuries and why they're maybe willing to hold a guy out an extra week because both these teams know it's ultimately about what they're going to do in the playoffs. They feel confident in their position to get there, making sure guys are good to go. If they learn that, hey, Josh Allen needs to sit for, let's call it three weeks, they're going to do that. I mean, they're, I so. they're, they're going to do that because it's all about bigger picture for them. And, and what's the schedule for Buffalo? I mentioned on Sunday, they'll take on the Vikings. Then they get the Browns. Then it's the Lions. Then it's the Patriots. And then it's the Jets who they just lost to before a game against the Dolphins. So the Vikings, not an easy game. The Browns, maybe a game you could still win if Josh Allen missed. Lions, a game maybe you could still win if Josh Allen missed. But Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins. Like So if you told me Josh Allen missed the next three games, they could still win two of the three, even with Case Keenum going up against Detroit and against Cleveland. But the Vikings game, if there's no Josh Allen, I mean, the Vikings are seven and one. They could lose two in a row. Yeah, that makes it seem, well, and they could lose the other, if it's Case Keenum, they could lose the other two. They're better. They can get in a knockout drag out, right? That Their defense, defense is good yeah. enough. It will keep them in games against the Lions and Browns. They won't be lost. They can easily win those games with Case Keenum. You're right. But it's also no longer a lock because if it's Josh Allen, those two games, those are like survivor picks. We just assume the Bills are going to be winners in those games because they're definitively better than both of those teams, especially with a healthy quarterback. But this can change the outlook of the season. Like, I don't know that, you know, it's definitively going to yet because we don't know the, the source yeah, of the well, injury. I'm guessing we'll know by the end of the but show if, today a little bit if more. If he's hurt, the Bills are screwed. They were well, like, we talked about... Come on, man. We talk about like what Patrick Mahomes just did in that last Titans game. The Bills offense is if he misses three Josh weeks, Josh Allen do something screwed. cool. If, they, if he misses three weeks, I don't know if the Bills are yeah. screwed. Now it could cost them the number, number one, one seed. Yeah, I don't know if they're screwed. Um, it definitely puts way more pressure on their divisional chances. You and know, they're 0 2 in their division already. It really puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I mean, the way the schedule lines out for them, their next divisional game is until December 1st. So he could miss three straight games, come back and and be there for the next three divisional games because they have a stretch of Patriots December 1, then again, and then the Dolphins. So if you're the Bills and it and you get any word from the doctors that like you could actually rest him for the next three weeks, hope that you can win one or two of them, and then make sure he's good to go for the important games in your division, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins in a row. He's. I mean, the text line is saying the same thing you were. It's like if... If you thought there was any chance to make this worse, you'd rather be playing wild card sure. weekend with a pretty healthy Josh Allen than caring about these next three games because you're in, you're all in. You've made all those moves to do it. Don't be risking short-term gains for, because you can win a wild card round game. You're Josh Allen. He's a good enough quarterback that he could go to three consecutive playoff games on the road and win. If you have that kind of talent, don't be messing around. Don't be trying to guess or figure out which way to go about it. That's not the way to live if you're them. But, I mean, this could be fantastic news for KC, depending on what injury news comes later today. We'll talk more about that with our NFL insider, Michael Massey from the Kansas City Royals, filling in for Vinny Pasquantino. That's coming up in about 12 minutes or so. Meanwhile, uh, during the show yesterday, the breaking news, of course, was that Frank Wright was fired, and then Jeff Saturday from ESPN was becoming the interim head coach. They had a press conference yesterday, and I don't know if it's just travel schedules or trying to get them up to speed. The presser wasn't until like seven or eight o'clock last night, which for anybody that's been around, like that's just not a normal time. You teams don't NFL teams don't do press conferences at eight o'clock, but that's when this thing happened yesterday. And there was some gems. There were some gems between Jim Ursay uh, and Jeff Saturday and Chris Ballard speaking at the press conference. Uh, this was one of my favorite moments. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since two thousand. 
all right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Jim. Which quartile are the, the Chiefs quartile, in? The, you know? upper, the upper quartile of the other quartile. Will Ursay release the quartiles? The quartiles, man. This is like, talk about the arrow pointing up and stuff like that. The quartiles. We need to talk more about what quartile are the Chiefs and the Bills in over the last 10 years. I think the Chiefs are the upper <laughs> we quartile. We talk way too many tiers. Yeah. Quartiles, man. More quartiles. Screw the tiers. Yeah, it's yeah, all about. It's over. What, we're going to go our three quartile or our four quartiles of teams in the NFL coming up in about an hour. It I'm sure. It sounds so yeah. much more official. It does. The, the best one was, we're lucky he was available. And you're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. As if Jeff what Saturday do you mean? No one of- else was trying to hire him. <laughs> as if he would have been signed to like a long-term extension with that high school team. He was coaching in Georgia. Well, here's Chris Ballard, because this is the <laughs> thing that doesn't make any sense. He's like, Oh no, no big deal. This is why they probably are saying that he admitted that this is not the first time they tried to hire Jeff Saturday. Well, you know, after the after the game yesterday, Mr. Ursay and I visited, um, and it was spirited, like they can be, because um, we're both passionate about what we do. And you know, then last night when I arrived back in Indy, we we talked about Jeff. Now, understand, we've tried to hire Jeff a couple times. We tried to hire him in 2019 as the offensive line coach, and we tried to hire him again. You know, this year just didn't work out. You know, the timing didn't work out. So, and I've spent a lot of time with Jeff. Over, like, with I have a few of the ex players here, and it doesn't take long to figure out that he's got real leadership in him, you know, real special in that in that regard. Um, and you know, for this aim game stretch and where we're at, um, we thought he was going to be a really good fit for us. Ballard's fired. Wait, Jim, what do we think? Do we know so, anything about Chris Ballard? Like, it's, are we still so, maintaining that he's great? Uh, I'm I'm working away from I that. I think he's. Still um, in, I've been saying uh, that, but I, I'm working I mean, away from that. I think people loved him. Yeah, I, I think he is still pretty well respected across the NFL. As if, as if you know, tomorrow, let's say, and he's not going to. Let's say he was fired tomorrow. There would be plenty of organizations wanting him to be part of their organization. I, I still think that is the truth. But he essentially point, blamed the media he, for his lack did. of quarterback yesterday. He, he, he like did. it's the media's fault he that he hasn't had a good quarterback. He did. I mean, and we've we've talked about how they tried to do the same thing three different times, a quarterback, old veteran quarterback. And huh, why is it not working out here? I can't figure it out whatsoever. Um, but Ursay did say in the press conference last night that Chris Ballard will be back next year. Now, 15 days ago, he said Frank Wright wasn't getting fired. So let's understand that things, Take can, that with a grain of salt. things can change. But Jeff Saturday was even asked like, hey, Jeff, you were a ESPN analyst just you know a couple hours ago. What would your reaction have been? if you knew that you were being hired to be the interim head coach? Yeah, shocked would be an understatement, right? Shocked would be an understatement. So, uh, yeah, we, we had the conversation, and it, it escalated quickly. How quick did I – mean, hey, this Jim, uh, you know, we got, we're going to get rid of Frank Wright. Would you want to – do you like coaching? That's you, a pretty quick escalation. You, think, you like coaching? What about, what about just coming to Indy for the rest of the year? Okay, I'm in. Pay me more money, and I can still go back to ESPN in like a year when – it doesn't work out or if it doesn't work out. What I will say this, though. What percentage would you guys give that it somehow – I'm not saying the Colts are going to go on a run and make the playoffs. No. They still have Sam Ellinger as their quarterback, okay? But that he's at least looks competent, Jeff Saturday, because he's going to have somebody else call the plays. Because the reason why I, I, I was listening to somebody, uh, I think it was over on actually NBA, NBA TV last night. They brought up a fair point. They were briefly talking about the NFL. And it was because they're like, you know, this happens in the NBA a lot. 
Steve Kerr was didn't have coaching experience when he got hired, former player. Like they're, in the NBA, they're willing to hire former players that have no coaching experience. But in the NFL, we've built it up so much that you have to be a damn genius. Dude. No, you don't. The so NFL kind of is the most important of all the coaching manager stuff, though. It's been made I'm very obvious. That like wow. in the NBA or baseball or NFL or baseball NHL, with you. the most important one where the coach actually matters is the NFL. Of the four major sports, the most important sport for you know, coaching is the NFL. It, it, there's way too many moving pieces. You said it, but there's Everyone not, runs the same 10 sets in the NBA. You, you said it there, though. Coaching, you're right. But in the NBA, there's not 30 coaches on staff. The NFL, you have so many other yeah. damn people to delegate to. Like the head coach, in this case as well, Jeff Saturday's not calling the plays. But look at what we said, what we've been saying about Nathaniel Hackett, which is regardless of the offense, which is its own conversation. And he's play, calling the plays, by it's, the way. What kind of leader are you and w- how good is your situational knowledge? Because that is the one thing that becomes more clear every time we see a first-time head coach is, oh, you got a great playbook. You don't know any of the other stuff. You don't understand fourth-down decision-making. Right, You don't understand when to go for the field goal, when to go for it, what to do on third and short, fourth and short. All of that stuff matters, and that's the stuff that I don't think you can learn until you're actually doing the job. Like That's one of the things that makes Mike Vrabel so great. We don't ever talk about Mike Vrabel's system. We talk about the fact that he's a great coach. He's a great leader. He knows all of those situational things. I, I, have, I have a hard time believing Jeff Saturday is going to hit the ground and have all of that knowledge, like, equipped and ready to go. I mean, you're right in the sense that it's, you know, like, there are people in place to help him. But, I mean, it's asking a lot of those people. Oh, my Daniel Hackett hired a guy to, to help him who had never done it before. Yeah. yeah, he's still calling the plays, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, no, but I'm talking about the fourth down. Like, he hired sure. people to help right. him with, with decision-making and fourth down stuff. Like, the guy for the Chiefs, the, the, uh, the Athletic did a piece on this. The guy who Andy Reid has on staff yeah. to do that has more experience than any other consultant in the NFL. He has been with Andy Reid for longer than anybody else, any other coaches, like assistant, just, consultant, decision-making I, guy has been well, with him. I, I don't think it's going to be – let's be honest again. Let's look at the roster. It's As much as they want to blame it on Frank Wright, they didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> so suddenly I don't expect Jeff Saturday because he's a good leader that Sam Ellinger is just going to look so much better. The funny thing real quick for Sunday's game, the Colts get the Raiders on Sunday and Jeff Saturday, since he's been an analyst, he did just tweet out <laughs> over the weekend great. that the Raiders look like a horrible football team, which is great. That's who he plays. He just literally said Raiders look horrible. Bad news for you, Jeff Saturday. <laughs> the Colts also look horrible. So we'll see what happens. Can like, you imagine? Honestly, it'd have been funnier if he had sent that tweet. If the Raiders beat the <laughs> hell out of the Colts. horrible. <laughs> and then he's got to go coach them. I, I mean, this week he's going to be asked about, like, his what does he see on tape from the Raiders? And he can't just be like, well, I think they're a really good team. Like, no, you just said they were horrible four days ago. Did you like that he got asked in the press conference? He's like, hey, what would you, the analyst, had thought about uh, you being hired Jeff Saturday? I'm like, uh, how high were you when you bitch. thought of that question, man? Did you say it? Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. Coming up next, our NFL insider will let you off the hook, Cody. Yay! Up next, our NFL insider, Michael Massey from the Kansas City Royals. He's in for Vinny Pasquantino. Next. Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Don't miss Nate Taylor for the latest insights on the Chiefs. Every Tuesday at 1 o'clock, right here on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, Nick Schwert with you. We'll get to Nick's notable notes here in about 15 minutes or so. And we're about 10 minutes away from another Mr. Reliable now in Kansas City and one that you got to make sure you keep in Kansas City. I'll explain who that is in just a little bit. But we know Vinny Pasquantino is on his way to Italy. By now, he's actually in Italy. And so he's not going to be calling in as our NFL insider for the next couple of weeks. But he has arranged another NFL insider, another teammate of his from the Kansas City Royals, Michael Massey, kind enough to call into the show. Michael, thanks for calling in, man. And I, I, does Vinny owe you dinner now? Like, you're, you're working for him. I feel like he owes you something. No, no, this is this is just what I do, guys. I, I come in, and I'm like Vinny's secretary, so when he's out of town, I fill <laughs> in, and I can't promise I'm going to be as funny, but I, I think my uh, my insight might be a little more accurate, and uh, Ooh. I won't have to lie about the Jets like he does. <laughs> let's, let's start with your team, though, that you are very, very familiar with, the Chicago Bears. I know the Bears lost over the weekend, but still, Justin Fields looking a little bit more like a guy you guys can build around. You you know, you wouldn't think they lost. I actually, I think in, in Nick's text, he said, congrats on the win. Uh, <laughs> that's what it feels like in Chicago nowadays. It's uh, we've gotten so bad that that when you have a quarterback who actually performs well, their Chicago fans are so hungry for uh, for a quarterback. It's been so long, and um, you know, I was told that it's encouraged for me to say that Mitch Trubisky was drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, so I will throw that in there. But no, he he, uh, you know, Fields is, is really starting to look like the real deal, and. Um, it's cool that they're, they're going out, you know, Ryan, uh, Ryan Poles is going out and, uh, and getting Chase Claypool and he's, he's kind of getting some draft picks back and, uh, you know, they, they're dumping some cap space. So they, uh, they have an exciting future coming up here. We always got to look for the common denominator. This is what really works. Ryan Poles worked for the Kansas city chiefs. They got a third round pick that they then traded for Kadarius Tony. So it's like, you know, these two teams can work together. You can do what Vinny does. Support the Bears, but also slowly morph yourself into a little bit of a Chiefs fan. That way you still have Mahomes to cheer for. Exactly. And the Chiefs helped me bridge the gap because uh, we haven't won much in Chicago. So at least I can root for a winning team while the other team's developing. And then hopefully the Bears, hopefully we'll have a dilemma on our hands in a couple of years where it's the, the Bears and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is there some excitement in Chicago, not just around Justin Fields, but seeing what's going on with the Green Bay Packers? I understand the Vikings are doing well this year, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are a complete mess, and especially after his comments last year where he's telling the fans that he owns you guys. Uh, yeah, that has to feel good seeing Rodgers struggle right now. It, it certainly does. I don't think you're going to find a spot on earth that uh, dislikes Aaron Rodgers more than Chicago fans, but at the same time, I also do recognize that Aaron Rodgers has owned the Chicago Bears over about the last 10 years. And, and I honestly, I cannot remember uh, maybe that 2018 season. I think Trubisky snuck a win from Rodgers when they won the division. But other than that, I, I can't think of the last time that the Bears actually beat the Packers, especially in Lambeau Field. I, I mean, it's got to be a streak of like 15 games at Lambeau. That not only have they lost, they've just been completely smoked. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited for the Bears. I'm excited that they're actually starting to go, you know, they're throwing the ball and we actually have an NFL looking offense. Uh, you know, for so long, I think the Bears franchise has tried to live on the, the 1985. We're going to run the ball and, and play defense. And then somehow bear weather is going to kick in in December and they're going to be unbeatable in Chicago <laughs> as if nobody in the NFL has ever played in cold weather before, even though half of our guys are from the SEC. But, 
no, it is cool to, to, to see the Bears uh, on the upswing, hopefully. Who do you think is more likely to fix it this year, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Because as of right now, I know Ro- Brady's actually coming off a win. But generally on the season, those have been two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i going to put my money on Tom Brady. Um, I just I think not only uh, is he is he an unbelievable leader, but just the, the amount of talent he's got around him I think is is a little bit better than uh, than Rodgers. I thought I saw something yesterday where Rodgers is making like $59 million this year. And I thought I saw the cap in the NFL is like $208 million. Um, So I find it hilarious that Rodgers always gets on his teammates about like, you know, he, or the GM about he doesn't have enough talent around him. And it's like he's taking up a quarter right. of their salary <laughs> cap. And, oh, by the way, like, they didn't resign Adams because he wasn't sure he was even coming back to the Packers. So Adams was like, okay, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to head to, you know, for agency or whatever. And I just, I think it's interesting that Rogers complains about his surrounding cast when he's a big reason as to why there is no surrounding cast. We're talking to Michael Massey. He's our NFL insider the next couple of weeks, filling in for his teammate, Vinny Pasquantino uh, of the Kansas City Royals. Jeff Saturday, though, gets hired to be the interim head coach in Indianapolis. Right when we had Vinny on yesterday was when the Frank Wright news uh, was coming out. Uh, you, you've been around sports your whole life and experience managing or experience coaching in this circumstance. How much does that matter to you? Or is it just, hey, can this guy lead this team? Yeah, that, that was uh, certainly a, a shocking hire. And I'll, I'll be honest, the only thing I know about the Indianapolis Colts is that I drafted Jonathan Taylor first overall. Oh, <laughs> that no, was you? No. Vinny told us someone took Taylor first. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, actually, it was an auction league with uh, some of the guys in AAA. And so I spent about half of my salary on Jonathan Taylor. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that one hasn't turned out. So to, to say that I'm upset that, you know, <laughs> you know management is changing there, I'm not. Because Taylor's getting about 10 carries a game for me. So when he is on the field. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that manager position is just, uh, in my opinion, it's like a, it's a therapist for, you know, in baseball, 26 guys and in football, you know, 53 guys, it's, can you get the best? Um, it's not necessarily what you know about the game. It's more like, can you get the best out of each guy every day? Um, you know, those guys are in the NFL. They, they have a pretty good grip, I think on, on what to do and how to play the game. And it's just, can you, can you take stuff they're dealing with from the outside world and get them focused on, on playing on Sundays or, you know, like I said, baseball playing every night. So, um, you know, I just from watching him on ESPN, he seems like a funny dude. It seems like he's got a ton of energy. So, um, you know, that'll, he's got a bunch of guys around him, I think, that are going to help him with the, with the coaching side of it. So that'll be a uh, really interesting uh, week coming up here. I, I picked up the Colts defense in my fantasy league because I think they're going to play some inspired football. Well, I mean, I do like that Jeff Saturday sent out a tweet that said the Raiders look horrible and now has to coach against them in the same week because they also do look horrible, and Saturday was not wrong. We're going to get to some of the other stuff, too, around the NFL with you here over the next, but Josh Allen, that's maybe the biggest story right in the NFL that he might have, and we feel like as a baseball player, you've got some insight to UCL injuries as they happen in baseball all the time. Does it just not matter in football? Because I'm trying to do some research, and it seems like there are very few cases of quarterbacks having Tommy John or having UCL injuries that last for long periods of time. Well, even if he does, I'm sure he'll play next week and throw five touchdowns and, and run for 150 <laughs> yards. And I, I was watching Get Up this morning studying for uh, for my interview here, and uh, someone was saying that the play after he hurt his elbow apparently 
he actually rolled out to the left and then threw the longest pass in NFL history on the very next play. So uh, if that doesn't sum up Josh Allen for you, I don't, I don't know what does. Doesn't that happen with baseball players, though? Don't they just like get a velocity increase right before the elbow is getting ready to go? You know what? Playing second base, I have the, you know, if you ask Vinny about my arm strength, I'm surprised he hasn't made fun of me before yet on the show. There is a reason why I play second base, and it's because I don't throw the ball very hard. So, luckily, uh, the one bright side of not not having a very good arm is I've never really dealt with any arm issues because uh, I just don't throw it hard enough. So, uh, my UCL has been intact. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what happens there. Again, I think that's a pretty good team even without him, but, uh, you know, that I think they're Super Bowl. The Chiefs fans, I don't think, would hate to to see Josh Allen go on the sidelines for a bit. Do you think there's anything we need to know about Vinny before you're done filling in for him? That way, because if he's already hiding the fact that he's not mm-hmm. making fun of you for the arm stuff, there might be something he's hiding from us that we need to know about our NFL insider. Oof. Um you know, I, I'm, if I'm going to be on next week, I might have to dig up some dirt. Okay. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, but, no, there's definitely some stuff under, you know, in the closet about Vinny that that I will make sure to, to go back through and, and uh, bring out next week on the show if I'm back. Okay, yeah, well, def- well we're definitely going to have you back next week, so we'll, we'll be waiting for that. Real quick, though, you mentioned the Fantasy Football League you're doing with some of the, the AAA guys, but are you also in the one with Vinny and, and some of the guys that are in, in the big leagues as well? Was that the league you, you were talking about? Um, no, I'm not. So that was, um, you know, I actually, that, that's a funny story. I got, uh, I won't name the price, but the buy-in was a bit steep. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I, I, Doge is the leader of that league and, uh, they were looking for another guy at the very end. He's like, Hey, Matt, why don't you get in? I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, like I'll join. I love fantasy football. And, and I got all the way through all that stuff. And then we get to the, the payment part and he's like, Hey, just, you know, pay me this amount. And, uh, and unfortunately, as a rookie, at about a week <laughs> in the big leagues, uh, I, I didn't quite have the savings to to jump in that league. And and they did, you know, say, well, what if you win? And then O'Hearn told me that he's just been gladly donating to the league for the last like you know four or five years. So uh, maybe next year I'll donate to the league when yeah, uh, yeah. when I have a, a bit more to my name. You got to at least hit that. That first check's got to have the direct deposit first. You know, the first big league check anyway. Yeah. Well, Doge told me, he's like, you know, the price, he's like, well, hey, think about this. You know, this is what you make per game. By the time you head out there in the top of the fifth inning, you'll have paid for your fantasy football. (laughs) I don't think that's how it works, man. Maybe for you. but (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Michael, appreciate you calling in, man. And, yeah, we'll have you on next week, and and we'll, we'll see what kind of dirt you can dig up on Vinny. Oh, this this is going to be a fun week for me to go back because there's a lot of it. So I'm I'm looking forward to to being back on. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. There you go. That's Michael Massey. He's our NFL insider filling in for Vinny Pasquantino, of course, uh, part of the Kansas City Royals and uh, part of that that young group of Royals players that we saw get plenty of time here in uh, in the big leagues this year. And that's funny. I guess it's it's so true. By the way, props to Ryan O'Hearns for some good financial advice to Michael Massey. It's like. Yeah, I've been donating money for a while. Why don't you hold on to your money at least for one more year? <laughs> Just before wait you play a year before, before you, you play in this fantasy. How much do you think? I, I get why he doesn't want to say. How much do you I mean? I think, think like, I think it's like I think it's like I think it's like a one or two grand. My guess it's like a thousand or two thousand. See, I'm thinking it's more than that. I was gonna say like I, yeah. four or five. He, if, Dude, uh, if you've been if you've yeah, been like, like grinding, I know, in them. but I I mean I I don't know anybody. You know, I'm guessing if it was a grand, I don't think that would have been the answer he would have had. I'm I'm. Maybe I'm way off. I was thinking it's closer to like 10. 
five to ten. That would be a rude I awakening. Could be like, hey, I man, could get in the league, and you're like, cool. And he's like, Maybe it's ten off, grand. You're like, excuse me. What's your number? What's your guess? I was gonna. I mean, like I said earlier, I I think four or five thousand seems like the point where you would start to say, I don't know, because you got to realize too, if you don't. If you're grinding in the minors and you don't, the second you get money, it doesn't completely change your financial <laughs> right. Here, tendencies. Let's, let's let's do the entire math on this. Major league minimum is seven hundred thousand dollars a year. He you play one hundred and sixty two games, so that's forty three hundred dollars a a game at at minimum. And then he was saying by the fifth <laughs> inning you would get there. So by half that would be two grand. So pretty much Dozier's telling okay. us two thousand dollars. Okay. You think okay? If that's true, okay, I can see where you're getting that number. I don't know if Dozier was running the math that way, but if he was running it that way, then, you know, he's, uh, he's right near Sounds that Sounds about right. Well, Michael Massey, next week, we'll, we'll invite him into our fantasy football league maybe next year. Yeah, he can I come can to the guillotine you, league. I can tell you this, Michael, our buy-in's not anywhere near two grand. We need to get both Michael and Vinny Absolutely. in the Survivor League next year. I think that has to happen, yeah. I kind of yeah. want one of them in the guillotine league, too. That could be fun as well. That's a lot of time for them to pay attention, though, I feel like. But it'd be an easy bribe, right? They just yeah. donate one signed piece of memorabilia. That's... They're in. We can work on something maybe with them on that. I like the survivor idea, though, Nick. That seems like an, an automatic one. Michael was great. Fine fill-in work. He really seems, good he seems to be prepared. Yeah, he seems to have done his homework. Yeah, he was prepared. He was locked in. He was ready to go. Next week, we'll have him on again. And we'll have some dirt on Vinny. I can't wait for that. Find out what, what what stuff we need to know about Vinny Pasquantino. While Vinny's in Italy, Michael Massey doing some great work here on the show. Nick, let's get to your notes, man. Write something down. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys, going to be a tough act to follow because I feel like, I mean, Michael had some insights into the NFL that I hadn't even. I mean, Aaron Rodgers making 25% of the salary cap. I'm not doing that You've research. never made any kind of note like that. No, never. That was uh, next level stuff there from Michael. But uh, today in Nick's Notable Notes, we're going to get to another edition of Are They Good? I give you a team, a person, a thing, and you guys tell me simply, are they good? First up, Justin Fields' chances of being a long-term starting quarterback in the NFL. If I would have asked you this a week ago, I don't think you guys would have been all that optimistic. Right. But we saw a... A new level of play from him, especially on the ground. I'll give him a ton of credit because you're right. I was like, man, this guy just, I don't think he has it. That's exactly what I was saying a week ago. And I'll give him credit. He's made some really special plays. And you should feel optimistic suddenly about his performance there in in Chicago. I know they lost the game, but my goodness, that that was the best we have seen from Justin Fields in his career and see if he continue to build on it. I know the Dolphins defense has really struggled, but still we hadn't seen that at all from Justin Fields. I don't care what NFL defense he's going up against. That was really, really impressive. I still think it's a bit of a long shot. Like I don't, I don't love the odds for a quarterback who still hasn't found a way to complete 60% of his passes over the long course of a thing. But what took them so long to figure out, Hey, why don't we try to do some of the things that made Justin Fields so good in college, like designing runs, and letting him run. I know that sounds crazy, but it, for the early part of it, the Bears didn't do much of that. They weren't designing run schemes around him. He's a special athlete. Do that. This guy is a mainstay in Are They Good. Some would say the namesake of Are They Good. <laughs> he is a quarterback of a team with just one loss this season. They are first place in their division. His name is Kirk Cousins. He is currently 13th in passing yards. Ninth in touchdowns. He has 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. He has 18th in QBR. It depends on where we draw the line of good. He's what he's always been. He's fine. Yeah. So fine's not good. Yeah. It's whatever. Like it's, you're not, if if you cook dinner and Emma says that was fine. You're not going to say, oh, she really liked that. 
No, that's accurate. <laughs> and that's how I would feel if I had Kirk Cousins my quarterback. I'd be like, I don't really like this, but it is edible, and I will eat it, and it's better than and not eating. I have eating. to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better than not eating. I you know, feel like, like those are the exact know, circumstances man. around Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's better some, than not having a quarterback. He's seven and <laughs> he's seven and one. At some point, though, and we'll see what they do in the playoffs because that ultimately will be how people judge him, of course, and that's fair. Uh, what people will say if he is able to go on a run? Because I feel like again, you're treating him like he's Jimmy Garoppolo suddenly. And that's oh, not, I'm, I'm burning that's, him down to the Jimmy. That's not fair. He's either. not Jimmi Garoppolo level. I'm not. That's I'm not, not fair. Um, did you guys see the video though? Of course you did with the shirt off and the chains and dancing. Yeah, by the way, yeah, are, are they good? Kirk Cousins fitness regimen. I think so. Although Adam Schefter reenacted it. Did you see that? That video? was not good. That was not, <laughs> not so much. That was not. I did not realize how Slap jacked Kirk Cousins was. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he's, he's a professional athlete. He's been in the league for a while. He's been around training. Yeah, but like Eli Manning was a professional athlete as well. He didn't look like that with his shirt off. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think Kirk Cousins uh, gets hated on far more than what he should. I, I'm not saying he's it's a because top, he's terrible uh, in primetime, man. That's I, why. No, who's really terrible in primetime was Andy Dalton last night. Uh, that continues. That guy hasn't won in primetime since 2014, I think the number is now, after the Saints I loss. mean, it wasn't a start for like half of that time, but yeah, not great. All right, last up on Are They Good? I teased this uh, yesterday. The Seahawks' chances of hosting a postseason game. They are now riding a four-game winning streak. They are 6-3. and three. They are first place in the NFC West, which is uh, significantly worse than we thought it was going to be, mostly because the Rams have had a very disappointing start to the year. I think they're winning the division. I think the Seahawks are going to win the NFC West. You're basically just making this a competition between the Seahawks and the Niners, who everybody really respects, but their record doesn't indicate how good we think they should be. Well, because they've had issues across the board and they've had injury stuff that goes in there as well. But, I mean, right now... They won four in a row. (laughs) They have a better (laughs) offense than the 49ers. Like, Like, and not like marginally. They have a significantly better offense. They've got some bigger weaknesses on defense, so they're going to have to just straight outscore some teams. But in the NFL, more often than not, I'm going to side with who played, who can score more points. Right now, that's Seattle. I've been waiting for, like, the bottom to fall out uh, on Seattle and on Geno, and it's week 10, guys. <laughs> like, it's week 10 of the season. I, I, I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, I think the 49ers are still going to make this interesting. I don't think we're going to be talking about Seattle in week 15 saying, oh, man, they've got this thing locked up. I think that game on December 15th against the Niners ultimately will decide this thing. I, I, I think Seattle is going to still need to win that game to win the division. And that that already is, I was going to say, could get flexed. That already is a Sunday night football game. Yeah. So that one's not going anywhere because that could end up being a huge game. Have, the, the Seahawks record or the schedule. So they get the Bucs, who I know are just one, but that's a winnable game for Seattle suddenly. Uh, the Raiders, yeah. Then the Rams, then the Panthers, then that Niners game before the Seahawks take on the Chiefs. I mean, if they can they take, could give themselves some if, separation if they, before that Niners game. They got to take care of business against, you know, the Panthers and the Raiders um, to where they don't have to win against the Chiefs and Niners in back-to-back weeks because they could easily drop two in a row just like that or three in a row because then they got the Jets. So they, they the Seahawks still have to keep winning some of these games here. I, I don't think it's case closed on the 49ers in the NFC West. Have we ever seen anything quite like what we're seeing with Geno Smith where at age 32, not just having a career year, but I mean, you are legitimately in the MVP conversation. You're not in that top uh, quartile, as yeah, Jim Irsay would say. Quartiles, quartile. man. But you're probably in that second quartile with guys like Tua and Lamar Jackson, whoever else you want to throw in there. Yeah, so he's moved from the third quartile up to the second quartile. I uh-huh. think that's a pretty impressive quartile to be in.
when you go back to that that week one win they had over the Broncos, you're like, okay, emotional game. Seahawks get up for that. That's their Super Bowl. Russ's no, first game. Yeah. And then now you look, you know, two months later and you say, oh, he's been I, doing it ever since then. Guess who's thinking of moving up the charts there involving what Seattle's done. All of a sudden, Pete Carroll is eight to one to one coach of the year and has the fourth or fifth, or excuse me, the, yeah, the fourth best odds to be coach of the year. He should be getting way more love for coach of the year. I, I thought they should have moved on from in the offseason. Remember when I we was said wrong? all summer, oh, we were same. like, how do you choose a coach over a quarterback? Well, it was, uh-huh. it was that, uh-huh. and it was, hey, if you're really going to blow this thing up, why go with the you know the 70-year-old, 70-year-old quarterback coach? coach yeah. who wants to run the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, that, was, I, that, that truly was what I thought, and I give him a ton of credit. He's been fantastic this year, getting the most out of Geno Smith, more than any other coach in the league has ever got out of Geno Smith. And then we've all seen what Russ has looked like in Denver. So it really has been awfully impressive up next though. Someone else who's been impressive. Someone else who suddenly is also Mr. Reliable. And that individual is someone that should not be leaving Kansas city. We'll talk about him next. Cody and gold brought to you by Casey Bobcat rent or own from Casey Bobcat in blue Springs, Olathe or Tracy. What these guys talk about between 10 and two is really important. Are you seriously going to sit here and say that McGruber is not a funny movie? Correct. I now assume you have the worst movie taste out of anyone on this uh, show. Shut Based uh, on McGruber shut is an up. eight and a half out of McGruber 10. McGruber is hilarious. I never saw the actual film. I, I saw the SNL stuff. Of course, you cannot but... call McGruber a film. That's an inappropriate. It's a movie. Stupid. Oh, There's no way. Shut up. I won't even give you're a joke. <laughs> You're a joke, dude. Don't miss a minute. 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.